Any views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the Rejuvenating Health podcast are solely that of the speakers and are intended as such. Please consult your trusted healthcare practitioner for medical advice. Welcome back to the Rejuvenating Health podcast. On today's episode, the ladies are discussing their second pillar, nutrition. They'll talk calorie counting, carb constrictions for women, the faults of fad diets, and why small changes over time are actually what make the biggest difference. Let's go, girls. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rejuvenating Health Podcast. My name is Shauna, and I am the co-host, and I am here with nurse practitioner Lindsay Van Schoik, who is the owner of Rejuvenating Health. And today's episode, we're going to talk about pillar number two within our company, and it is nutrition. Last week, if you didn't catch it, we talked about health. So if you missed that, you can go ahead back and listen to that episode. It's our first pillar at Rejuvenating, and I think it would just be beneficial just for you to kind of go back and listen to that and take a grasp on the health approach that we take. But today, we're going to be talking about nutrition. And Lindsay, do you want to just talk about a general view of what we think about nutrition and through our company? Yeah, so nutrition is like probably nutrition and fitness are probably two of the most like complicated topics that we could talk about. Because if you Google nutrition and what eating plan should I be eating, there's like, it's so confusing. There's there's so much information out there. So we really believe that the best nutrition plan is one that you can stick to, right? That fits into your lifestyle. That includes a lot of all natural foods, right? So our kind of thing is you should be eating, um, nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables. And if you can pick it from the ground or pluck it from the tree or your grandmother would recognize it, or if it has a mom, it's a protein source, that's really what should be incorporated in your diet. We really want to try to eliminate a lot of different processed foods, not saying they don't fit because you definitely should have a cupcake and pizza with your kids and stuff like that. But most of the time we want to be eating a nutrient dense Mm -hmm. diet But as women, we do have to pay attention to our hormones and how they, how nutrition can affect our hormones and how much protein that we're getting in. Because a lot of times when women come to us, they're severely under eating and they're definitely severely under eating their protein. Right. I think a lot of women do forget about the protein. That's something that I know that I've learned just, you know, in recent years and, coming on board with the company, the protein just is so super important. And I think that that's one thing that women just feel that they don't necessarily need, but it is definitely important. And I guess we can go into why is it important? Why do you Yeah. So, I mean, protein's really satisfying, right? Like if you eat a protein rich diet, it, it takes the longest to digest. Um, it only has four calories per gram of it. And it's mm-hmm. really important for muscle la- mat or muscle mass. As women, like as we're getting older, we're losing muscle mass. And so if we're making sure that we're hitting about 30 grams of protein per meal, we're going to hit what's called this leucine threshold. And it's going to help us preserve our muscle mass, which is just really important for us women. But then protein is also, it's just, it's a vital nutrient that, we need to make sure we're getting whole sources of. So a lot of times people can get incomplete protein sources. Um, if maybe we're following a vegan or uh, we don't like to eat meat and stuff like that. So we just have to be really careful about making sure that we're getting adequate protein in because it really does help with lots of things. And 
one of them making sure that we stay full longer, which if we're trying to lose weight, we don't want tons of hunger hormones happening. So when you say incomplete protein, like what are some examples of incomplete protein? So like collagen is an incomplete protein. Sources. Yeah. So like if you're doing a collagen protein shake, like that's not going to be a complete protein. Soy isn't really a complete protein. So we're looking more at like um, animal-based sources. So whey, fish, eggs, dairy, stuff like that. And it's specific. I like also the approach where the prepackaged, I know it's so easy because we're so busy as women and as moms and, you know, business women to just grab a shake or grab a prepackaged meal. And there's a lot of companies out there now that that's what they give. It's just the prepackaged snacks and the prepackaged meals. And I think that that's sometimes confusing for women because these companies advertise themselves as weight loss companies or health companies, but yet the things that they're selling are full of yucky things and it's confusing for women. Would you yeah, agree? So like Octavia is not one that I'm a huge fan of. Um, it's very calorie restrictive. Oh, dropping know, it. Right? If you're a woman, you should not be eating under 1200 calories <laughs> and that food is made in a plant. And if you flip it over, you're probably not going to recognize a lot of the ingredients on it. It probably has a lot of vegetable oils in it. Um, it can really mess up your gut and your hormones and, and lead to a lot of different things. And while it does have some good qualities to it, like if you do their five and three plan, I think it has you eating fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. But I've just seen it destroy a lot of women's metabolisms or like shakes. I've seen like shake programs where you're eating, drinking two shakes for breakfast and lunch, and then you're getting a a dinner of vegetables and protein. You're not getting hardly any carbs. You're maybe getting 800 calories in. And as soon as you stop either one of those plans, your weight comes back on because you've not learned anything. You've completely destroyed your metabolism because you've downregulated it. And now when you try to lose weight again, you're going to get really, really frustrated because it's going to take you a long time to get that weight off. And I think We've, we've talked to so many women that struggle with that, that they've done different plans like that and they work, but you never got healthy, which we right. talked about in the last pillar. So that weight loss is never going to be sustainable. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Don't come at us about it. But we just know from experience and the company and the women that we've spoken to, we've just dealt with so many women that have done programs like that. And it's just definitely not beneficial. It just causes a lot more harm in the long run and things that need to be fixed, you know, like we said last time under the hood. So why, I think it's important to talk about why you feel like, or why specifically women can't function on low calorie, because I know when we think about losing weight, it's calories in versus calories out. So I think a lot of women feel like they have to really do low calorie. I know myself included, I've done low calorie many times and I just think we don't understand the effects that it has on our hormones and our body. So do you kind of want to go into that a little bit from the medical yeah, standpoint? Yeah. So as women, our hormones get disrupted really easily, especially this hormone called kisspeptin, and it helps kind of regulate our cycles and stuff like that. We're really, it's really easy for us to get into low energy availability. And when we get into that, our body is just doing everything it can to to survive and to make sure that it has everything. It'll shut down your menstrual cycles just to make sure that you're being able to breathe and, you know, just survive. And so when we do low calorie for a really long time, 
you you can only cut your calories so much, right? That's one thing that I think we do really well in our program too is when everyone wants to start a weight loss program, they're like, I'm going to eat 800 calories and I'm going to exercise for five hours a day. And then you lose weight and you hit a plateau and you've already pulled out all the guns and there's nothing left to do, right? It's all about making small changes over time. And that can really mess with your thyroid, which is like your main metabolism. Right. And if you're already, like you said, if you're already at a low calorie threshold and you where do you go from there? There's really no way to go from there because you can't go lower. I mean, how will you survive? Do you know what I mean? That comes with even more scary risks. So it's just not the best path to take. And we've had women in the program who haven't had their menstrual cycles because of things like this that have gotten them back during the program. And they were just so thrilled with Right. That. And like sometimes based on your genetics, a really low calorie, high fat type of diet is worse off for you than it is just to eat a normal diet. Like keto is another one that I've found that a lot of people just based on their genetics, they don't tolerate very well, especially us women. You need carbohydrates, like carbohydrates are gasoline. Your car can't go anywhere without gasoline and neither can your body. And they're not the enemy. It's just learning what good carbohydrates are, where to put them at, all of that type of stuff. And no one can sustain on not eating carbohydrates. Like most people cannot ever go their life without eating pizza again. Like, let's be real. Right. Right. But I think that the carbohydrates always have gotten that bad name. And we just feel like that's what makes us fat as women. So we need to cut out the carbs. We're not thinking of it from the other standpoint. Well, and that would lead us into, since we did keto, um, more intermittent fasting. So I think a lot of women take that approach because also it kind of goes along with the lower calorie. So if they're not eating for a certain number of hours and then they're having maybe one, even one meal per day, I know a lot of women do. Um, what's your take on the intermittent fasting? Cause I know that messes with the hormones as well for women. Yeah. So like, okay, there's like, multi- there's different ways we can go with this. So intermittent fasting everyone should intermittent fast. You should have 12 hours at night where you're not eating. That like allows your blood sugar to regulate. You don't want to eat close to bed, all that type of stuff. But as women, a lot of times we want to try this 16-8 fasting type of thing. And if you're going to do that, the issue is, is that most women are trying to start the fast like 11 to 7 and they're putting themselves into low energy availability in the morning. They're like living on coffee and caffeine and really disrupting their hormones and their cortisol. When if you want to do intermittent fasting, it's probably better if you're going to do a window from seven to three. And no one with a family or a social life is going to not eat dinner at nighttime, right? So really, if we can just maintain that 12 hours of an eating window, that's going to be good for you. And I'm not opposed to women doing If you're going to fast like that, then you need to do like multiple days fasting. If you're trying to get the benefits of like autophagy and stuff like that, then it needs to be like a three-day fast and you need to do it under the care of someone that like can help you with it and it needs to be not done a lot. Mm -hmm. So intermittent fasting is one that people just get confused about it, right? Like you should intermittent fast, but it should be like 12 hours and you should be eating around your active times. Right. And I believe a lot of women don't take into consideration the stage of life that they're in because certain types of fasting are better for, you know, people who are postmenopausal, 
rather than in menopause or premenopausal. So that's all things that we have to take in consideration too, that I just think there's just not a lot of education out there on yeah. it, you know? And so I feel like this podcast, that's also something that we want to help women educate themselves on. Even with myself, I know I did the DNA testing through rejuvenating and it was just super enlightening to see that my body, my specific body doesn't respond to carbs as well as other people's might. It responds better to fats. And I was able to see that I had a little bit of a gluten issue. So I was able to cut that out. And without knowing that and going deep into the root of the issues that I was having, I would have never known that and probably just kept on the same path. So by digging into our nutrition, it can really just change everything, how you feel mentally, physically, all of that. I mean, it's the number one thing that if someone comes to me and complains of anything, I'm like, what's your nutrition look like? Because it's probably causing you a lot of issues. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up with nutrition. And if you guys ever have any questions, please, yeah, visit our social media pages. We'll drop them again down in the description. Feel free to send us a message. Um, We're always there. We would love to help. That's another way to reach out to us other than listening to the podcast. So next episode, we're going to talk about fitness, which is our third pillar. And when people think of fitness, they well, just listen to the next podcast and episode and you'll get to hear about what we're t- think what our thoughts are about fitness and movement. Yep. See you guys then.